Welcome back to the United Pubcast. It is 5.24 on a Monday morning. Here, Larry and I are, um, are sitting here like a bunch of idiots we are. For some reason, I'm going to talk about, I don't know what the score was. Maybe someone can enlighten me what the score was because obviously that was the last thing I was looking at at the end of the match. I did lose count, unfortunately. But here we are, Larry. Why do we do this? We love this club a week ago, now at 5.25 on a Monday morning. Um, it is the last thing we want to associate ourselves with because last season was embarrassing but quite expected. This season it's embarrassing, but we didn't expect this going into the match and the feeling, look, this is wrong, I'm not sure what to feel. Um, I probably don't feel as bad as I should at the moment. It probably hasn't sunk in what has happened, but what are the words you want to describe? Embarrassing, pathetic, disgusting, disgraceful, all the buzzwords we throw out in regards to um, reactions to players and defeats like this. Ultimately, all those words at the moment um, do feel justified. They are justified, Tom. Um, I can take losing football games, and I, I don't think we've come on here time and time again and said no team ever has the right to demand victory before the the whistle blows but when you're conceding seven goals something is seriously wrong you have to look within yourself to say tom that some of the players out there and again i i always stop short of saying players don't care i stop short of saying players don't have desire these players did not have desire today Every 50-50 ball, Liverpool were on it. You saw it in the first five minutes. They were winning the 50-50s. Compete is all you ask for when it comes to these sorts of games. And we saw last season, it became a familiar theme last season. We lost so many games on a lack of effort. Now, that hasn't come up often this, this season. But for what you would call, you'd have to say one of our biggest games of the season thus far, absolutely pathetic. On that effort level, and I'll get to some people in the live chat because I'm sure it'll be highly emotive and rightly so. Um, I'm going to try and keep things in check, but it might be difficult at times. On that performance, oh, not, not the performance, there was no performance. On that effort level, uh, I just don't know what to make because last season, yes, we would have looked 100% at effort. You look at the last two displays against Liverpool last season, the 4-0 and 5-0. Oh, my God, couldn't take, take me back to those days compared to what I'm feeling today, unfortunately. But this is a group we've been nothing but praise in regards to their work ethic over um, this season. Besides the first two games of the season, said, yeah, this is a bunch of players who gets it. This is a bunch of players who care. They, they, they'll run through the wall for the fans and, and the manager. Ultimately, the evidence we have today, uh, look, it's, it's 190 minutes, I think, in terms of our emotion that, that sort of maybe gets in the way when it's Manchester United and Liverpool. I understand that. So this can be looked at as a potentially isolated performance. But ultimately, is Manchester United and Liverpool an, ultim uh, an isolated performance or isn't it really, uh, at its core, more than that? You, you, you can't look at this as a one-off game. If you lose at home to Brighton, okay, that happens. If you lose away to Bournemouth, okay, that happens in football. But getting smashed 7-0 at Anfield, that's not just 90 minutes. That could be potentially seen as a, um, a bigger problem. Well, Ten Hag is about building a culture and building a team. And in the grand scheme of things, this is his first season in charge of this squad. And you have to wonder, did some players just seal their transfer next season? Or did some, did a player out there solidify to Ten Hag that they don't have a longer-term future at Manchester United? Um, we'll get into individual performances, so we'll, we'll absolutely talk about all of that. But to lose, to concede seven, Tom, at any level of football, seven goals. Like, it wasn't three and, all right, we're going to bring it in and, all right, that happens. Seven yeah. goals, Tom. Are Liverpool seven goals better than Manchester United? Not a chance no. on earth. 
I'd say uh, over the course uh, over the course of the season, I'd say we're seven goals better. Ultimately, that means absolutely nothing because the match is played on a Saturday or Sunday, whenever it's played. Here, as I said, it's five thirty on a Monday morning. So please cheer us up. I know there's nothing to cheer us up, but please do leave a like on the video, get your comments in. I'll say good day to some people in the live chat. Maybe someone can put a smile on my face. Um, there's a challenge for anyone in the live chat. Try and get a smile out of me. But um, Elliot here, good to see you, mate. Eric Ten Hag needs to be careful. That's a dangerous performance by, for any manager, which, look, I understand where Elliot's coming from there, and he's completely right. Okay, his job's not under any pressure, of course. However, you do lose 7-0. Like, that, that, that is something. Obviously, he's not going to get sacked, and they're far from that. But 7-0, that is very dangerous for a manager. Um, who knows how it's going to end up in regards to the reaction from the players? Is he going to take them on another run? I would, in regards to what happened against Brentford at the start of the season. But um, there's a bit of a smile. Thank you, Elliot. Um, hey, lads, um, from George. Good to see you, mate. Um, I think the team had a few Johnny Walker Reds before the game. Aaron Wan-Bissaka Aaron not starting was criminal, yeah. That, that was a shock. Um, Diego Delo didn't have a great game. And obviously, we did look at Liverpool's threats and think Wan-Bissaka was the man. On the drunk, on the drinking before the game, Casemiro. My God, he had a few. Oh, I thought wonderful. that was... Okay, thank God that wasn't Harry Maguire or Scott McTominay doing that performance. They, they would have been hung out to dry. And that's not... <laughs> we'll get in there. Well, they didn't play, did they? Well, McTominay came off the bench, I think. But Casemiro, and look, not to be critical of Casemiro, my God, that was his worst. He was shocked. He was Liverpool's best player, to be fair. I wonder if um, Twitter will say that. But um, Andrew, um, yeah, you have to look at Eric Ten Hag. Look, and Eric Ten Hag, very interesting to see his comments. Um, if he comes out and takes um, accountability and responsibility, Costa Tom, played like children. The majority of this video will take up the players. So let's start with Eric Ten Hag. Talk about the starting 11 for me. And of course, when you look at when you concede seven, it goes beyond tactics and the manager. But looking at that 11, what were your thoughts? Because I, I personally thought it was awful. I, I thought it was a shocking starting 11. One with how he lined up the players. Uh, and that was really my main concern. But um, someone mentioned it just before. The, the lack of selection of Aaron Wambasaka in this game was absolutely criminal to me. He doesn't get yeah. it wrong, but he got a bang wrong today. Yeah, oh, we definitely, I think we both went one Bissaka in our team selection um, pre-match, and I think a lot of Man United fans would have. I think the interesting, but, okay, that's a, a man for man. Okay, we would have gone one Bissaka. He went to low, it backfired. That happens. The, the bit for me, and look, we all love Vekos, what he brings, the, the work rate, and ultimately Eric Ten Hag has got it right at the new camp in other big games like that. Ultimately, and now not today in regards to any substitutions, but when Vekos plays, the moment he steps off the pitch, we've become 10 times better. Now, Eric Ten Hag would say, well, that's off the back of the dirty work Vegkos is doing and he's tiring people out and he's making things difficult, then it changes. Maybe that's Eric Ten Hag's thinking. But ultimately, Vegkos, now, now this means nothing because it worked away at the new camp. Now, away at Anfield, you could argue, now obviously it's a far tricky game away at Anfield, but ultimately two big games, two big away games. Eric Ten Hag, from a tactical and football point of view, will see it as a very similar sort of thing. Vegkos in the number 10 away at Anfield. Not for me. Now, if we get a different start to the game, we score an early goal and we win 1-0, I'm having a far different discussion. But Veghorst in the 10, I don't see it. Now, well, we can have an argument about Veghorst and his future as a Manchester United player. Today, we're saying no. Last week, we're saying yes. So I think our opinions will, will sway with the wind in that one. But ultimately, in regards to that team lineup, playing Veghorst in the 10 just changes so many things. And ultimately, the big thing that changed today was pushing Bruno out to the left. Criminal. Bruno on the right, on the left. He's a central midfielder, or, or he's a central player through, through the middle. Whether attacking through, through the middle, I'm not sure like, how high you want him up the pitch, but he's definitely not a winger. I understand he can create things, he can impact games, but he's not a winger, especially away at Anfield, um, in terms of the way they make that pitch nice and tight. So 
ultimately you would do have to look at Eric Ten Hag in that team selection. I think the big one, as you say, one Bissaka and Delo. But ultimately, again, Veghorst in the 10. And that's not to say he was our worst player. I, I think far from it. I think it may be a hook. We're not going to get in the individual performances on who was be, who had the best touch and who has the worst touch. Ultimately, my memory of that, Veghorst was, probably wasn't the worst. He's maybe one of our better performances. And I still think he was shocking. So um, Veghorst at 10, for me, summed up the issues with that start in 11. I know we do three, two, ones. Can I do it in a reverse order just for this special episode, Tom? I think we this t- performance deserves a we special. We take points edition. off people. Honestly, I won't take. We won't take points off people. Let's talk about the three worst performances today. Seriously, let, let's mix it up. Who was your three, two, one for oh, worst performances on the pitch? Twitter and the big platforms won't say this. It was Casemiro, one hundred percent. If you understand football, Casemiro he was Liverpool's best player, and I love him. Like it's uh, nothing against Casemiro. It is what it is. A bad game. Agree, agree. I thought he was woeful. You know who was second worst on the pitch? He exposed Fred. Or before, I'm not getting into Fred, but he. Expo- I felt bad for Fred because Fred was having to do all of Casemiro's donkey work, and ultimately, if you're a one-man midfield away at Anfield, you're going to have a tough time. So, here am I, a very, very big critic of Fred. I felt horrible for him. He, he had his hands tied today. Honestly, I don't know if I can just name three players. Into Diogo Delo was woeful, woeful. Yeah. Rafael Varane, I think that's his worst game in a United shirt. Lissandro Martinez, it just oh, the the defense was shocking. All of them. I thought Luke Shaw. Yeah, that, was the that, best that's player. what I looked at before the game, and we, we said like it, it's just one of those things in terms of you, you you look at the sort of relevance of Cody Gakpo and Darwin Nunes in terms of the transfer rumors in Manchester United. There is a bit of a connection, there. and you just we did see a situation where that they could stand up and be counted. We obviously knew Mohamed Salah has a great record against Man United. Unfortunately, that's continued. But we saw a situation, no matter how shit Darwin Nunes is, we saw a situation where he scores just because that's how the narrative works. Before the game, you see Graeme Souness doubling down on Casemiro and what he said, Jamie Carragher and Souness have said about Martinez. Sometimes, now this is not to excuse the performance or the display or anything like that, but sometimes these narratives just come back and they play a part. So you could see a situation where Casemiro has a shocking game at Anfield. You could see a situation where Martinez has a shocking game at Anfield. Off the back, reverse that, and Gakpo and Nunes having their best games in a Liverpool shirt. Sometimes these things are sort of all come together at once, and when they do come together at once, it's 7 8 nil. I'm just thinking... <laughs> It's not football. That should be the furthest thing from football. But ultimately, that's life. Sometimes it's not to excuse it. But um, when the stars align, unfortunately, we see something like that happen. Yeah, I am um, just looking at the first goal, right? And, and this is kind of how you knew United were going to lose the game. United have been so compact, defensively strong. I, in fact, with Casemiro, Varane and Martinez starting, United hadn't conceded an op- a goal from open play until today. So that tells you how good those three players particularly have been together. And then you look at the way Gakpo scored today. I mean, Varane didn't anticipate him cutting in, which you would think someone of Varane's ability, let alone any Premier League central defender, would anticipate that a left winger is going to cut in on his right foot and shoot. But uh, it was off the paces. Tom, let's go. can we like put some context on this game? I'm not going to make excuse for these players, but is there any situation where we've mentioned the lack of rotation from Ten Hag, we've mentioned the prioritization of certain cup games. Is this simply a case of Manchester United being punished for the lack of rotation? Has that finally caught up with us? Or are you looking at this performance as these players simply just lack desire today? Where do we sit in this? Is, is it fatigue or, or is it heart? 
I find, it, I find it hard to say a lack of desire because, as I said last week, that was the furthest thing from our discussion and sort of anything we would point at these players. So I think a lot of people will say, get this player out of my club. Ultimately, you weren't saying that last week. So, so I find it hard to question the player's effort today. Look, uh, look I will in, in regards to my frustration, but ultimately I think that would be sort of wrong to do. You do look at the sort of the, the output in regards to work rate in regards to off the back of the, the fixture pile-up. That definitely is a thing. Now, that's a thing for 2 or 3-0. Can we make that excuse for 7-0? I'm not sure. Maybe there's some more deep-rooted issues there. Ultimately, we were going to lose, as I said, we're going to lose far more games this season. We're going to lose bigger games this season. We're going to get knocked out of cup competitions or lose at Old Trafford later on this season. That will happen. Ultimately, though, we were going to eventually lose a game off the back of this run. We could have lost 1-0 away at Anfield and had a good performance. Ultimately, we've just lost three points. We haven't lost 10 points today. It is just a football, one football match. Ultimately, it's come in devastating fashion and it feels a lot different um, when City, you lose in that sort of embarrassing um, the manner we did. So ultimately, I can't look at the players in regards to, okay, this player's a disgrace, get out of my club. No. I think that, that's... And people will do that and people will be wrong to do that. But um, these are players who have given um, performances and effort this season. This is a display which they are going to have to be held accountable for and they're going to have to answer for. 100%, but what we have seen in terms of when they did do this earlier in the season, because they did do this at the start of the season, um, they did bounce back and put things right. And they did put things right by going and winning a trophy for us fans. So ultimately, they have to apologize. I don't say apologize by getting out on Instagram or Twitter and putting an apology there, but they have to apologize next Saturday or whenever our next game is. That has to be the apology. And if we don't see them bounce back, regardless of the result, we could lose next week or draw. Regardless of the result, we need to see a performance and a display which fixes. It won't fix this week, but um, to show that it was a one-off. In terms of the history books, is this Manchester United's biggest loss of all time? It has to be close. It has to be um, close. I'm, I'm sure there's one in the 70s. I'm sure there'd have to be one in the 70s, but um, you'd have to say it's the biggest one against Liverpool, you would see. But, um, oh, absolutely. And I thought we achieved that last season. I see you, Emad here. Good to see you, Emad. Well, yeah, unfortunately, joining us at five thirty in the morning, like everyone else. But he's been going in hard today on Bruno. And look, obviously, Emad has. Well, he's admitted, unfortunately, that he has an agenda against Bruno. And look, we love Emad, but um, blaming Bruno for today, I think he wasn't any better than anyone. But I don't think he was any worse than anyone. Obviously, he's not why we lost today. Oh, well, I don't think I don't think anyone was why we lost. I don't think Casemiro as bad as he was. I don't think he's why we lost. But he's also saying he heavily rotated. You want the FA Cup. Well, imagine if he didn't rotate, it would have been 17-0. So I'm just thinking, <laughs> ultimately, you do look at the effort. I, I think that this proves why it was more right to uh, rotate in the FA Cup. Because, my God, if they played in that game, off the back of that, um, it could have been even worse today. So, You know what is, um, not a positive, but you, you know what might be the only good thing to come out of this game? Whether it's the Glazers, whether it's... Qatar, whether it's Jim Ratcliffe or anyone else, you cannot look at that squad and think, I think happily, I'll now we can say, forget this group of players as title contenders. Like, seriously, you put the line through us now 100%. You can't oh, no, lose well, another discussion, which we was going to start if we won this game, potentially even to put a downer on any potential win. We have to hold our hands up now and just unfortunately, congratulate Arsenal won the title. That, that, that title is over. You cannot have that moment without winning the Premier League. They've won the Premier League now. That's going to hurt as Manchester United fans. Maybe it's a good thing Manchester City haven't won three in a row. But um, so. oh, it's not a thing. Arsenal cannot lose it from here. You don't have that Makeda moment. You don't have that 
um, Steve Bruce moment. You, you don't have that. Um, who was it? Ronaldo away at Craven Cottage. That was their moment. And um, feels painful, but Arsenal have won the Premier League title now. So, look, fair play to them. They've, they've done things the right way over the last couple of years. Manchester United will hopefully learn because Arteta had bad days. No, maybe didn't have 7-0. I think he probably had a few hammerings at Manchester City. But um, they stuck by him and got things right. So, ultimately, we do have to take a leaf out of Arsenal's book. And um, things will get better. So, these are one of the things when Eric Ten Hag was appointed and new signings come in, we always sit here and say that um, there's going to be bumps in the road. Okay, we're going to have to sometimes take a step back to go two steps forward. We say that with our chest out before the season. Yep, that's going to happen. We're going to have to deal with the lows. When the lows come, it's time to deal with them. We can't just throw the toys out of the pram. But... um, Hey, Matt, here, tell me Bruno waving his arms at the bench at 5-0, whinging um, why he wasn't subbed isn't disgraceful. I'm not a fan of Bruno. I'm just saying, and and look, I I know earlier in the chat he said he's not the reason we lost uh, 100%, but ultimately he is obviously very singled out. Now, I know he may not on Twitter as much these days, but obviously he's the most hated player and blamed player amongst besides McTominay and Harry Maguire, who obviously weren't there today while McTominay came on, but Bruno's the most hated or would you say De Gea? Bruno or De Gea, the most criticised player amongst the fan base. And Bruno was right to be criticised. Yeah. It's yeah, Bruno, so. but De Gea's up there. Yeah, so, so Bruno and De Gea. Um, look, I know he's not blaming them individually for the defeat. Um, yeah, but Bruno was as bad as anyone today. But, yeah, definitely we can point the finger at a lot of people today. But um, SJ here saying this is going to be a long day and tough week. Strikers. Larry, um, Andrew here. We need a striker. Uh, we have none. You're not wrong, Andrew. I don't know where to go because we, we usually go into three two ones or we talk about the goals now. I don't I don't know. You know how what? many did Nunes score? score today. Um Rashford three points to Mo Salah because he's a hell of a player. Two points to Darwin Nunes. Oh, hold on, this isn't a Liverpool channel. Tom, I don't know. I um well, that's the thing. Darwin Nunes and no one was actually really good for Liverpool, which is crazy. I don't think they were great. Yeah, I can't say that. No, no, I don't think they were great. Like you, you, you look at a classic Liverpool performance over the years in terms of that free flow and attacking football. I don't think that was there today. Everything they were doing, and, and credit to them for taking advantage, but was reacting off Manchester United mistakes. So I don't think they blew us away in regards to performance or ability. I just thought United just weren't at it. Now, ultimately, yeah. if a team's not at it, they have to take advantage and do well. But ultimately, um, I didn't see Liverpool as, oh, my God, this is the best team in Europe. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I and the thing is, it's when United have gotten done before, um, it, it's been a tactical outdoing. Uh, and like, if you look at last season, for example, it was a very clear case of Liverpool have much better players than Manchester United do. And of course, we've improved in key areas this season, and we've seen that. But um, today wasn't there wasn't anything tactically that Ten Hag got wrong. I think in terms of the player selection and playing Bruno centrally, I agree. Selection of Varouane Basaka, agree. But then you look at everything else. Tactically, we were actually holding it with them. We were holding it with them. It wasn't until the 42nd minute where Liverpool actually scored, uh, mm-hmm. and it was against it was against the play. and And then the second half was the second half. They, they score very early in the second half, and and then sometimes football can unravel that way. I think you've been on the side of hammer on a side with hammerings where the ball just keeps going in the back of net, and you can't figure out why. And it was just one of those games. Um, and I got it. You know what? I do have to give some credit to Liverpool. Anfield was bloody loud. And I got to say, Old yeah, Trafford. They have well, one game a season. But Tom, the, the thing is, I was looking at that atmosphere, and there was a statistic um, that came out. The average age of Manchester United's basically their season ticket holders is around forty-three years of age. 
Um, and, and if you actually like, I have thought about this for a while. And I know obviously this isn't going to be a focus when you're winning football games, but United's atmosphere at Old Trafford has definitely diluted over the coming years. I, over the last few years, I think it's no, uh, no, it's it's got a hell of a lot better. Anfield and Old Trafford obviously not great for atmosphere, but Old Trafford has got a lot better over the last couple of years. But you're completely right. Um, Anfield, I assume, is a very similar demographic in regards to the season ticket. Yeah statistics so you can make a very similar comparison in regards to Anfield and Old Trafford 100% and it needs to get better of course um and look obviously the season ticket prices have gone up um what that means for the Glazers um potential sale I'm not sure but it does look like the Glazers maybe want to stay around if they're obviously increasing the ticket price but ultimately look and you're right and that's a different discussion ultimately though this is and look it's our biggest game of season so it's not sort of downplaying Liverpool's achievement but it's Liverpool's biggest game of the season and ultimately, the atmosphere is going to be good if you're 3-0 up at halftime or whatever it was. So um, ultimately, the, could you imagine Old Trafford if we were, we were beating Liverpool 7-0, what the atmosphere would be? Of course, it's going to be bouncing. So it's Liverpool's biggest game of the season, well, yeah. highlight of their season, and rightly so. That would have been our highlight of the season if we won like that against Liverpool. Ultimately, though, we have a trophy in the bag. Um, it won't get better for Liverpool this season. Um, it will get worse from there for them, unfortunately. Fingers crossed it gets better for us. Well, the good thing about this is, and I'm very keen to see Tan Hag's post-match comments. United have to bounce back now. Who's the next game? Um, let's let's start to look ahead because I want to move on from this game as quickly as these players do. Um, so if I look at Manchester United's fixtures, let's have a look. I think we have Southampton coming up. Who look Southampton at home? You have to say three. And look, look, well, well, they beat Chelsea, but it will be three points. Emad, here in regards, we, we talk about the goal difference. I'm not just singling out Emad in the comments, everyone. Apologies for not getting to everyone in the live chat. Um, yeah, just a lot bouncing in there today, which is very much appreciated. But we've considered 27 goals in our last five games against them. We've scored seven. Bogey team. I, I don't think you can call one of the big teams your bogey team. Usually it's a team down the bottom of the table. But Liverpool it is something. Are a bogey team, though. Yeah, yeah prob- they, they probably are. Um, we do not win at Anfield. We just don't. We yeah. just never have. Like every now and like when we win, it's yeah. considered a big deal because it doesn't happen. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Look, at the start of the season, I, I pencil in a loss at Anfield. I, I said pre-match, I said you'd definitely take a draw. And ultimately, that's why you take a draw because there is a real possibility that something like this could why happen. Is that that time? Why, why do you think that is? Why do United struggle at Anfield? I just, I don't get it. <laughs> Playing in an atmosphere is something different. It's not a football game. It's not if you play that game at Carrington in front of no one, or in front of Melwood in front of no one, or you play a preseason friendly in Bangkok. It's different. There is something about an atmosphere which changes the dynamic. And there, there is a thing. If there wasn't a what we call home ground advantage, home ground advantage is a thing. The scientific scientific difference in regards to the, the way players react to positive sort of emotions from stands and, and negative reinforcement from sort of opposition fans. So ultimately, Man United players, wherever we go, whether we go to Anfield, whether we go to Southampton, whether we go to fucking Huddersfield Town, we are always the biggest game of the season for every club. Even Arsenal and Tottenham, they say they have a rivalry. When Man United are in town for Tottenham, we're their biggest game. When we're at the Emirates, we're their biggest game. Every single game of the season is the biggest game of the season when Manchester United are involved. And ultimately, that is a responsibility our players need to take on board and be better at. And we have been good this season, but ultimately, um, not today. So I'll, that's where when Manchester United are buying players, we're not just buying good footballers, or we don't just have to buy good footballers and players with a high ceiling or so a player on low wages. We need to buy a player with the right attitude. 
Now, ultimately, we do have that in Martinez, Varane and Casemiro. Three of our worst players today are those players. So that is football sometimes. Your best players and the players most capable sometimes don't do it. Um, Roy Keane's had shocking performances away at Anfield, for, for example. And I'm just thinking, I don't want to sound, sound like Graham Potter and just say, oh, that's life. Get on, move on with it. Um, you can't do that um, when it's involving Manchester United and Liverpool. But ultimately, we do have to. But uh, the question I'll throw to you in regards to starting to look at wrapping up because, my God, it's, it's not even 6 o'clock on a Monday morning. Eric Ten Hag, I'm sure maybe he's doing his um, post-match press conferences and interviews now. What does he say? Now, publicly and behind the scenes, but I'll start with publicly in these interviews. What does he need to say? Is there anything he can say to maybe not to put a positive spin on it? Obviously, he can't, but to um, get some type of message across, um, what does he say? I think he'll he'll challenge the players, and I think he'll he'll focus on we need to bounce back, and I think he'll he'll allude to that um, that when I took this job, I knew there'd be ups and downs. We've had a lot of ups lately. We've won a trophy, but ultimately, this is one of the downs, and this is one of the lessons for this squad. Um, and look, like you said, like I just while it's a very disappointing performance, and of course it is. Our best players all season were our worst performers today. They will bounce back. Casemiro has been one of our best players this season. He will bounce back. Marcus Rashford can't stop scoring. He didn't score today. Rafael Varane is one of the best central midfielders, sorry, central defenders in the world. It didn't happen for him. Lissandro Martinez, the same thing. Um, I, I just, the, the thing I take out of this performance is we know these players are better than this and I think they'll move on quickly. Real Betis on Friday, I say look out. You want to see a big reaction. I think we need to go and uh, definitely put them to the sword. But, Tom, I need to ask you this question again, though. Again, prioritization. The squad is big, but it's not deep in terms of quality. Real Betis, do, do United need to prioritize putting a strong lineup to bounce back from this match? Or do you keep an eye on yeah, no, I think now, and it's unfortunately redirected back to Arsenal. Arsenal have won the league. Well, we do need to sort of understand that and sort of respect that. So ultimately, forget the Premier League trophy. That that's not on the cards. We now need to look, unfortunately, behind our, over our shoulder and, and look at the gap between us and fifth in regards to solidifying that top four. I think we are quite comfortable in there, but ultimately, you do need one or two two more results to sort of cement that position in the top four. But ultimately, that's a top four sort of discussion. But ultimately, then I look at sort of the the highs of after the Carabao Cup final, after winning that trophy. There are two more trophies up for grabs in the FA Cup and Europa League. Now, obviously, not going to win both. But ultimately, you do have to try and win one. Europa League is potentially um, an avenue to do that. Obviously, you still have Manchester City in the FA Cup. Obviously, you're going to have tough ties, so no matter who you play in the Europa League. But ultimately, I look at the Europa League now and... Look, I'm not going to say I'm prioritising cup football over the Premier League because ultimately Champions League football is so important. But ultimately, we are in a very good position to qualify for the top four. I, you'd be shocked if we didn't. So ultimately, you can sort of sit there and say, okay, cup football now, it's about winning trophies. And how, how does Manchester United fix losing 7-0 at Anfield? Look, that's hard to fix. But ultimately, you go win two trophies in a season. We can look back at this season and say, okay, that was a pretty decent season. So ultimately, that's how I think we do fix this result today in regards to go out and get another trophy. Um, that's where I do look at Betis and we have um, whoever in the FA Cup. There's a home draw, and no, Fulham in the FA Cup. So ultimately, we're in a very good position to make a quarterfinal and semifinal of another cup competition. That is where the priority is for me. Yeah, no, that, that's a really valid point. I think United need to finish top four. But th again, with Liverpool's 7-0 victory, 
they're still seven points behind Manchester United, and that's the only seven that really matters in the grand scheme of things. And um, we're, we're in a good position. Uh, Tottenham have a game in hand, so they're four points off United. But sorry, United have a game in hand over Tottenham, I should say. So um, look, United beat Southampton. United get a good result against Real Betis. This game's quickly forgotten about. Um, Liverpool fans will be parading it for 10 years because. I mean, I understand. Uh, probably my, my, my one, my, my one little takeaway from this, and it's nothing to sort of write home about or celebrate. But my God, today it's all I have, so it's all I will celebrate. I'm not sure if it's this week or next week, but Liverpool will go out of the Champions League and their season will be finished. Um, when they do play away at Real Madrid, forget if it's this week or the following week. So their season will be over in a couple of days' time. Which um, ultimately they have this to brag about. Fair play, crack on. Um, that's all you have this season. At least we have a trophy in the bag, but. Um, I'll at least look forward to Real Madrid sort of putting the final nail in their coffin. Do you think they'll make top four, Liverpool? Do you think they'll? Well, well I say their season's over. They've still obviously got a chance at top four. And ultimately, Tottenham, how every time I see Tottenham play, they lose. I don't know how they're not in a relegation battle or in the bottom half of the table. I do not understand how they're in this top four race. When is the last time you've seen them win a win? I'm not taking the piss. They lose every single week. Someone needs to go back and, point, and count, the, count the points, um, how they're distributed after the game because. How they are so close behind us, I have no clue. Yeah, I don't know. Every no, time honestly, someone count the points. Them. After a game, every time they draw, they must get two points. Every time they lose, they must get a point. They're always climbing, and I don't understand it. So surely, every time they lose, and they're expected to lose. Yep, I know. Tottenham, that's Tottenham. Antonio Conte, the gift that keeps on giving. Are we going to do three, two, ones? Yeah. No, I, I, I don't think you can. I, I think once or twice, it's probably more than once or twice, it's maybe four or five times we didn't do it last season. And I do feel that is sometimes harsh. Well, I think we should in terms of the integrity of keeping the um, 3 2 ones as fair as possible. If someone put in a good performance and a good individual performance, we shouldn't punish them for the whole team. But ultimately, this is not 2-0 away at Anfield. It's not 3-0. It's not 4-0. It's not 4-1. It's not 5-1. It's as bad as it gets. It's 7-0. We have to hold our hands up and say that there's no sugarcoat in this. It's a pathetic performance. It's horrible. It's embarrassing. It's going to sting. Um, even if we do go win a second or third trophy later on in this season, ultimately we are going to look back and think that was embarrassing. We're not going to get over this until we win at Anfield. And that might not be for another 10 years because obviously Manchester United don't win at Anfield um, very often. So ultimately, yep. you, to your 3-2-1s, um, I don't fancy given anyone yeah, any yeah. Play, would you let's say one performance which wasn't pathetic or wasn't horrible I Can we say anyone? Was all right. he was in he a didn't get any where, opportunities but yeah, you know, yeah. when he's on the ball well, he shows his quality but i think any mistakes a striker makes in a game like that well once you lose the ball not to say he was losing the ball but if rashford loses the ball well, they've still got 10 players to get through before they get to the goal. So I'm just thinking he was in a good position. If Lissandro Martinez or Varane makes a mistake, Salah's in front of goal and it ends up in the back of the net. So ultimately, um, Box here with a shout the other three subs. Ganacho, McTominay, Elanga. I did say Elanga come on at the end. Um, I was obviously not sort of paying too much attention at the end of the game. I was um, trying to avoid and trying to work out a schedule on how I can make um, today as pain-free as possible, which won't be the case. Um, it is creeping up at six o'clock on a Monday morning. But Larry, is there anything else in regards to the game or anything? Obviously, we'll probably dissect this a little bit more in detail throughout the week, but um, I don't know what to do today. Um, <laughs> Help us with uh, our sub count. We're aiming for 2K by me. Help us with that. I'll be happy with that. Um, there's, there's nothing to smile about. You and I, to add salt into the wound, 
if you live in Australia right now, you have woken up at either 1.30 a.m. or 3.30 a.m. to watch this football game. I am fucking tired. And now I've got to get up and go to work after watching us get belted 7-0 against our biggest rivals. It doesn't get any more pathetic or miserable than that. Well, I'll put a smile on your face and I'll remind you we're going to do the same next week because I know next week is Southampton 1 a.m. on a Monday morning. And what will we do? We'll be up and we'll be doing it. So if you do appreciate the effort of us here streaming first thing on a Monday morning after, unfortunately, I'd say a historic defeat. It's, it's got to be. I'm sure maybe one or two people did comment earlier in regards to the last time we were sort of in a result like that. Um, it is historic, unfortunately. I think this one potentially goes down in some type of record book. But... Um, yeah, just one final question. You mentioned earlier, we mentioned earlier what you think and think slash should Eric Ten Hag say in the press conference and to the post-match interviews and the public message behind the scenes. Last time this, I don't say last time this happened, it wasn't 7-0, but 4-0 against Brentford, very similar feel. Probably even a worse um, display Brentford. I think Brentford was, there was more anger. I think that was in the middle of the transfer market. There's a lot of the transfer rumours around there. There's a lot more anger after that 4-0, this one. Should have a lot more anger, but kind of isn't. Maybe the players do have a little bit of credit in the bag. But ultimately, the reaction there from Ten Hag behind the scenes was obviously a strong one in regards to the run and potential one or two messages to players. So ultimately, behind the scenes, what does Eric Ten Hag honestly tell the players? If you're Eric Ten Hag, you tell them to put it behind them. You say this can happen in games of football. I know we're better than that. I've seen it this season. We need to move on from this, and I want to see a reaction on Friday against Real Betis. Show me that this was a one-off and prove to me that you're fit to be Manchester United players. If you're Eric Ten Hag, that's the message. It has to be. If you dwell too much on this after – look, it's been a good season. Let's get it right. It's been a good season. And I don't, I don't think it'd be right of the manager to undermine any of that despite how big the defeat is. United don't lose extra points for losing 7-0. They they yeah. drop three points. They drop three points, whether it's one nil or seven nil. So yeah, you're right. You're right. But you can't do that. And maybe we're in a position where it doesn't sort of prove sort of vital. But in regards to goal difference, is the old adage it's worth half a point. In regards to our goal difference, is shocking for a team that's in where are we third in the ladder, fourth and third third in the ladder, I think. Third, I'm just saying yeah. ultimately goal difference. It comes down to the last day of the season. That is half a point. And um, look, you know what he does need to do. You know what he does need to do, though? Some players need to be dropped from this. They have to. You can't lose 7-0 and say, all right, crack on. Diego Delo needs to be yanked out. I'm sorry, Tom, You and I've had doubts about this guy all along. And I said it to you. I know we said at the start of the season, there's a level of improvement, whatever. But still, something was in the back of the head saying, oh, is he a Manchester United right back? Yeah, but we, 100%. But we have the same thing about Aaron Wan-Bissaka. Yeah, both of them. I think longer term, though, I, th- I think United need to upgrade at right back. I think they need oh, to. Well, well, well there's, been, there's been a story about um, Dumfries this week. Now, I think Bill, the German outlet, has got to be bored. They've done nothing but Man United transfer rumours over the last couple of days. So maybe they need some clicks or maybe they've sort of had a meeting with someone with their ear close to the ground at Old Trafford. But there has been a little bit of, um, again, I wouldn't call it reliable news, but um, out of nowhere, this Dumfries links has um, come up. So it is interesting. I'm sure right back was always a, a, a target for Eric Ten Hag. Um, we sort of never got round to it in terms of the other priorities in the squad, but ultimately, There's I think right back will be addressed. I've got an interesting question for you. If United upgrade at right back, who would you prefer as a backup, Aaron Bissaka or Diego Delo? Because you can't keep all three. Yeah, 
Depends who the right back is or what, what traits do they bring? Are they a defensive you one or an attacker? You an attacker. You look at what Ten Hag likes in time in terms of his prototype footballer. It'll be someone who's good on the ball. So I would actually yeah, think Diego uh, would be the one on the chopping block. Ultimately, if you're playing football manager and you're weighing up the, the different options you want, you'd, you'd probably lean to a one bissaka if you bring in a, an attacking fullback. Ultimately, though, that, that's not how things work. You do have to look at the contract situations, how much you can get for a player, what the personal ambition of that player wants. I think do they want to sit? Do they want to similar situations? One bissaka and I think Diego Delo had the one. He has the one year option exercised, and uh, I think one bissaka is this his fourth season at United? He'd, he'd be in a similar boat. I think he signed a four or five year deal when he joined United, so that they'd both be. Mm around the one or two years left. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see which one might actually find themselves on the outskirts. I think one of them will. And um, ultimately, um, heads do need to roll and people do need to be sort of held accountable after a performance like this, unfortunately. Now, that's not saying sell a player off the back of this, but ultimately, Eriton Hag might see something where he does make one or two sort of sort of strong decisions that sort of impact players' futures and, more importantly, Manchester United's future. So ultimately... I don't know what to say. We've said a lot for 36 minutes. I'm not sure if we got anywhere, if I feel any better or feel any worse. Um, it has just crossed 6 a.m. on a Monday morning here in Sydney. I need a strong-ass coffee. So please, please, if you're in the live chat, please do leave a like on the video. Subscribe if you're new. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, after I just put sleep up on a video and... last night saying, is this the end of Liverpool's era on Instagram and TikTok? Well, that looks embarrassing now, doesn't it? Well, hopefully that, a bit of a... I still so think it is the end of the, 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 the glass half full in me in, in terms of the discussions I'll be sort of spinning and trying to sort of spin against Liverpool fans when they sort of no doubt sort of bombard me today will be this maybe this we could treat, treat this like a win under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer so the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was on the verge of the sack gets a win saves him and sort of gives you a bit of a false dawn for, for the next couple of weeks potentially every year so hopefully some players who sort of do need to leave Liverpool and sort of crack on with their careers elsewhere who knows, maybe their owner say, oh, 7-0 win, let's give them a new contract. So fingers crossed this actually, look, they're going to enjoy it today, fair play. Fingers crossed they get um, some players who do need to go, get rewarded with um, new lifetime contracts. Because ultimately it is a huge occasion for Liverpool. I'm not going to say fair play, but yeah. crack on. Man United will be back. Man United will sort of bounce back. We'll hopefully finish this season with another trophy or two. And um, ultimately, Larry... Um, I'm not sure. We'll, yeah, we'll have a look when the next fixtures are around. I'm sure we'll do many previews, maybe even a more sort of realistic sort of review of this after Eric Ten Hag speaks and we sort of sleep on it and have a bit of a sort of, I'd say there's kind of level-headed discussion. It could have been a lot worse. I'm, I'm sure we'll go and see many other YouTube content now and sort of see people losing their shit. And look, while I find that embarrassing, I can also, the one-off occasion where you can lose your shit might be today. Uh, I'm not sure. but um... I think it's important to contextualize, and I think that's what we do well here. I mean, I think it, it's it's normal to react in anger uh, and be frustrated. I'm angry. <laughs> Trust me, I just yeah, don't want don't to be seen on camera shouting and taking your shirt off. Well, and, and that's the thing. I mean, I'm not – I don't think – we're not about that here. I mean, we'd rather just have a level-headed discussion about it. Um, and, and I think both of us have displayed our disdain for the performance, but we're not here going to say sell 11 players. Like we can say Casemiro was our worst player on the pitch, but he's also been our best player this season. So, I mean, you no, know what I mean? He yes, stays our best player this season. Like this is Now, yeah, if we only lose 3-0 next week and 4-0 the week after, he might not be the best player this season, but ultimately... We, we can't isolate the performance because Manchester United-Liverpool isn't just one yeah. performance. It, it, it sort of encapsulates um, the season and, and the mood amongst the fans. But ultimately, in regards to Eric Ten Hag and his football approach, it is one game. It's it's three points. 
unfortunately we do have to move on. So we'll give Casemiro and the rest of the players the benefit of the doubt, but only give them the benefit of the doubt if they bounce back and fix things. And um, it's okay to take your shirt off, Tom. Now, next trophy win. Um, the, the one, Larry, this one, finish on this one. The only positive of Arsenal winning the league. Now, obviously, winning um, Manchester City, not winning three in a row is a positive. It will take a little bit of shine off. The Europa League final is after the Premier League. So you should assume Arsenal will probably win it maybe a couple, one or two games to go, maybe the final day. If they win the Premier League, if we beat them in the Europa League final, they'll take a little bit of shine off the Premier League trophy, don't you think? No. If we win two trophies, we win two trophies and one up the final game of the season if we were to win a trophy. So they they, they lose a final. But in terms of, yes, they've won the Premier League. Yeah. On they the day, they'll care. care. On the day, they would feel like us today. No, nah, I, don't, I don't think they will. I, look, I'm with you about being optimistic. You know that. But if United won the league, I would not. If we won the league and we're in the Europa League final, would you give a shit about the Europa League final? No, but on the day, I, I just want them to feel pain for a day. Yeah, that, that Tom, they've waited 19 years. They'll be, they'll still be drunk. Well, hopefully the players are, because my God, I think half of our players are Sandro Martinez and Casemiro. Well, I think they already honest. are, considering how they played today. Yeah. Martinez <laughs> got the beers from the World Cup final and got on it. I think. Yeah, Martinez, my God, he has to fix up. I don't know. <laughs> you, you talk about um, holding players accountable and dropping players. Back four. Can someone check his blood alcohol level, please? Because when he's no, good, but, 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 but in regards to individuals against better, so you bring it in. A let's say a Harry Maguire. No. You're saying bring in Maguire? I don't know. I think because this is the core of the squad, I think a lot of the, expect most of these players to play against Betis. Obviously, we'll do a preview, but my initial thoughts like right now would be he, he'll he'll choose a strong lineup because a lot of those players will be hurting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care if they're hurting or not, um, that fix it up. And you, you fix it by winning football matches. So ultimately, we'll chalk this off as one of one of those days. Hey, Martial, you around, mate? Are you fit? He's not. We, we have to look. I love Martial. You love Martial. He's done. I have to give up. You need to need to look to the future. Yeah. Um, I don't think Beghorst is that man, but... um. Of At least he's, he's there. definitely not that man, but yeah, Martial. It, it's frustrating because you put him in that team. It's different. It's different. It's just much better. But he can't stay fit. How many has, has he played? Double digits in terms of games this season, Martial. No, I've lost count. Oh, I've stopped counting. Really I don't want to count great. numbers today. After looking at the lost count of yeah. the scoreboard today, so I've never had a count to seven since primary school. So. <laughs> Uh, well, look, no no one will enjoy their day, so I'm not going to say enjoy your day because that's an impossibility as a Man United fan, but um, try and get through the day um, as best you can. Um, not or drink whatever you need to survive today. I'll, I'll finish on that. Yeah. Until then, hopefully you got something out of it, and um, we'll chat to you soon. Cheers.